You're listening to The Outspoken Bible, a podcast from Bible 2020 with Fiona Stewart, Jen Robertson and Neil Glover. Hello and welcome to The Outspoken Bible. I'm Fiona Stewart. I'm joined once again by Jen Robertson and Neil Glover. Hello. Hi, Fiona. Hi, Fiona. Good to see you. How are you? I'm, I, I don't know. I, I'm feeling a bit out of sorts, I would say. Uh, not in a huge way. I, I, I find moving out of lockdown maybe more tricky at times than being in lockdown. Seems to be a lot to deal with. And, but it's good to be here today and have a chance to chat because that's maybe one of the things I'm missing. Neil, how are you? Yeah, just been, been on holiday uh, and uh, discovering stand-up paddle boards. That's the mean the discovery of this holiday. Yeah, it's been good. Uh, down the tea. Uh, children are going back to school soon uh, and uh, we are listening with tender hooks. Uh, I don't know if we're allowed to say this, but we're recording this on the day <laughs> there's going to be an announcement yeah. from the Education Secretary. So we're just, there's a lot hanging on that. Yes, so we're, yes, we're indeed. Listening to that. Indeed. So once again, quite um, times of upheaval, I suppose, and at times where people are feeling different things, responding different ways. And, and actually, it feels quite an appropriate uh, moment, I suppose, to come and talk about the Book of Ruth, which is this little tiny book tucked in between the Book of Judges and First uh, Samuel, Second Samuel. Um, it's very, I, I feel it's very fresh in my mind at the moment because I've just finished writing this audio drama for SBS called Where You Go, which is available also on uh, various podcast platforms or through SBS. So lots of things going on through at the moment. There's also additional resources available on scottish.bible so people can get hold of those there. But I wonder, did anybody have any recommended reading as we come to, to think about this book today? Yes, uh, Mark Green has a book from the London Institute of Contemporary Christianity called Ruth Drawing on a Deeper Love. It's one of their Bible study series. Uh, you can use it on your own or in a group. We did it in my house group at church recently really worthwhile, lots of really good insights and questions to explore how this relates to our life. Brilliant. And uh, Neil, have you got something super erudite that you'd like to recommend? <laughs> well, the, the, my favourite commentary is, it's very expensive, it's very good, called uh, Todd Leinefeld, and it's called Bet Olam. Um, it's a literary uh, Bible study, it takes it as... Um, treats the book of Ruth as literature and it loves the complexity in, uh, of the book. Um, I'd say... That uh, in recent years there has been a rise in uh, a female or feminist or womanist biblical commentary and uh, things like the Women's Study Bible, there's an NIV version that's available. I think that's really important for reading uh, books like uh, Ruth. Uh, I am dreading that this afternoon, and I've probably already done it, I'm going to get into mansplaining um, and a the book of Ruth is one of the the books where you're absolutely not allowed to do that because it's it's all about how women construct a new world uh, when men are being a bit indolent and useless. Very helpful. Well, we'll we'll maybe excuse you of Glover splaining, which is okay. That we'll let you away with that. <laughs> That's more Neil splaining. <laughs> Uh, hopefully though Neil I think that it does take us into how we're going to do this so so we're going to have four separate episodes so this is episode one of four and what we decided to do was that rather than doing a chronological um look through the book we would we would pick up individual characters so we're going to look today or in this in this episode rather uh, at the story of Naomi or, or the character of Naomi and I think what you just talked about there it leads us into talking quite comfortably about Naomi I, I have a question about why why is the book called the book of Ruth why is it not called the book of Naomi why would you call it the book of Naomi? Isn't it her story? I suppose it, it kind of 
becomes her story. I mean, it's slightly controversial at the at the end where Ruth gets erased at the very final bit where it says her son is born to Naomi and you're going, well, what about Ruth? Why has she been erased here? Um, I think it's Ruth's story, though. I think the primary action happens where Ruth does, well, three things. One is that she's, uh, Naomi tries to get her to leave and she says, no, I'm, I'm going to uh, stay with you. Uh, your people will be my people. I will go where you will go. That wonderful speech in verse 16, 17. The second part is the beginning of chapter two, where she's, uh, Naomi is still sulking at this point and she decides to go out to the field. And the third part is when she becomes a biblical interpreter at the threshing floor in chapter three, where uh, she leaves behind one of the stereotypes of Moabite women, which is that they steal older men when they're drunk. And she appropriates um, another biblical story, which is the story of Tamar from Genesis 38. So in essence, what she says is, uh, I am not going to inhabit Genesis 19, which you expect me to do. I am going to inhabit Genesis 38, which is the story of, of Tamar. And uh, the, the story hangs on those three moves by Ruth. So I, I would say it's still, it's her story. And also Ruth is a Moabitess, which we're always told. Yes. Uh, and, and part of, I think, the point of the book is to challenge us in our relationship with God, how that impacts our attitude to marginalised people. So it seems right that it's Ruth. It's called Ruth and not yeah. Naomi because she yeah. is... Uh, she's come from Bethlehem in the first place, but Ruth didn't. She's an yeah. outsider. Yeah, that's helpful. We'll come back. We'll come back to those threads when we when we speak about Ruth. So, so just sticking with the the, the character of Naomi for now, um, I wonder for me as I read the book that there is something about uh, I suppose her honesty mm. about where she's at. So, so of course we what we know about Naomi is that her name means pleasant, but um, she wants to be called Mara, which means bitter. So she she says that the Lord has made her life bitter. Um, I wonder is there anything in that 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 helps us think about how we respond in, when times are hard? Because she's a woman who has really been brought down, hasn't she? Yeah, I think I think the la the lack of pretense or or her honesty the other way, as you say, Fiona, is so important. And some and we've talked about this before in the podcast. I'm sure the the sense we sometimes have to give the spin on our lives that yeah, things are hard, but God's in control. But really, there's times we just need to say this is this is really tough. And Naomi's had it really tough. Mm -hmm. you know, she left her homeland. Her husband died. Her sons died. I can't imagine the pain and the suffering that she had. Um, and so that there, same... there is a question, isn't there, of, of whether she should have left the homeland in the first place? Yeah, and yeah, and, and that question's never answered, but there wouldn't be a Ruth. We, we wouldn't have been able to yeah. bring Ruth into the story if Naomi hadn't gone there. So there's a whole problem about why she left Israel. And you can imagine the humiliation when she comes mm. back home. Mm -hmm. um, some of us will have known families who have gone off to make a new life somewhere else. Uh, whether it's Canada or Aberdeen or wherever, and then two years later they all reappear back and they kind of sheepishly come back in the door, yeah. and, and it hasn't quite worked out for them. Well, that's but that's just, this happens twenty years later, but it's spectacularly gone wrong for her. Um, her husband has died. He's the one with the the name um, God is King. So the idea of God is King has died with him. Um, her two sons, Machlon and Kilion, which means sickness and consumption. Uh, little clue, Naomi, don't call your sons yeah, after diseases. they didn't diseases. look up the baby book, did they? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to call our son, let's call him tuberculosis. Um, and, and she comes in, but I do. there must be something attractive about her because Orpah and Ruth um, both want to stay with her. So famously, mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationships can sometimes be problematic. 
And uh, this one, though, is one which is very, very strong. Um, so there's something about it that they want to stick with her. And I, I love her honesty um, that um, when she arrives back in Bethlehem, she says, the hand of God has gone out against me. At no point is she told off for this. At no point does the text criticize her for this. But what we love is her honesty. Mm-hmm. I'd have been more annoyed about Naomi if she'd come back into Bethlehem. She said, oh, everything's great. You know, even if she'd said everything's great, God's in control, I'm going to be fine. I would have been so irritated by that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that she's prepared to see what she does. And and then the other thing that Naomi does is uh, she hatches a cunning plan at the start of chapter three. So she goes into this enormous sulk uh, with uh, Ruth. Uh, Ruth says, I'm going to stay with you wherever I go. It's a wonderful speech that's melted the hearts of 100 congregations. People have used it in wedding vows. Naomi is completely unimpressed, doesn't talk to her for the rest of the journey. Uh, some people talk about this. There's, a, there's this sulk which lasts for miles and miles. Other commentators think it's a companionable silence, but I think that's gloss. Anyway, but she arrives in Bethlehem and she says, I have returned empty. I have come back with nothing. And Ruth's standing next to her going, thanks very much. Yeah, hello. (laughs) (laughs) And then when she goes out to the field, the point at which it changes, by the way, is um, I think it's verse 22 uh, of chapter 2, where what's happened up to this point is every time or almost every time that Ruth has been named, she's Ruth the Moabite, which some, which actually means Ruth the problem. Because if you're a Moabite in Bethlehem, uh, that goes against the Jewish law. And there, we'll come to this with Ruth's story. There's all sorts of problems with Moabites. Um, but in 22, for the first time, Naomi says to Ruth, and she's only called Ruth at this point. And this seems to be the point at which Naomi realizes that this daughter-in-law, who she thought was going to be a big liability in Bethlehem, is actually going to be an asset. Who knew a story about an immigrant who people thought might be a liability and a burden actually turns out to be an enormous asset who generates life for the next generation? I'm Mm. struggling to think of any relevance for that kind of story. (laughs) Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Um, We're going to round this off, but but Jen, I I found approaching this at the age and stage I'm at, (laughs) I found I had much more sympathy for Naomi than I probably would have had when I read it when I was younger. And I wondered if you had a similar... I was thinking there. I think, yeah, we have to be very careful how we look at Naomi because there is that kind of cultural attitude in our culture that an old hag... You know, I, I would never use that phrase. I'm sure we wouldn't, but you well, know, probably you, wasn't. You know, but you get old, you get worn down, you complain, and, and there's lots of. But I mean, she probably also wasn't that old. Is she is another thing that. in my head. She wasn't that far <laughs> off her age, Jen. <laughs> oh, let's see. Let's see the. Well, I was thinking of myself. Um, let's see the other side of that. That she was a woman who'd been through a lot of tough things, a lot of pain, and she made decisions, and she was active, and she made things happen. Either because the men in her life were taken away by death or yeah. they weren't doing what they needed to do because really yeah. uh, Boaz should have acted could have could have acted quicker mm-hmm. uh, when Naomi rocks up in Bethlehem mm-hmm. but it is delayed because he could have said I, I will be your kinsman redeemer I'll take on that role um so now I think there's a chance to respect older women and to respect their wisdom and also the pain we go through and the suffering we go through builds our character and you mm-hmm. either sit in a corner and don't bother or that pain and suffering makes you stronger and able to do the right thing at the right time yeah yep. there's also something about her relationship with these younger women isn't it that yes interesting, that's, isn't it's it? part of my life that you know not just women you know anybody who's younger that way we have a role to get alongside them and 
not walk across a desert to Bethlehem, but to walk with them through life, mm-hmm. sharing what we've been through. If, mm-hmm. if Naomi and Ruth were alive today, they might have formed a cross-generational all-female podcast. Yes, they might. <laughs> and that's a good point to finish. <laughs> no, I want to ask a question. Oh, go on then. So one of the, one of the key points in the story where, where Naomi really drives the narrative on is the cha- start of chapter three. She's got some intelligence. She knows that Boaz is going to come to the threshing floor that night. And he knows he's going to sleep there. She knows, maybe she's told him to. I mean, we don't, we don't. But she knows he's <laughs> going to be there. She knows he's going to have had a bit to drink. How do you feel about the situation that she puts Ruth into here, where she says, I want you to go and lie in the place where a, a, a slightly drunk older man yeah. is going to be? How, how do you feel about her putting her into that situation? I mean, I, I think there are quite a few elements of the story that I have really mm. had to kind of think about quite a lot because it makes me feel quite uncomfortable. I think I, yeah, even yeah. to bring the subject up, makes me, oh, I feel quite uncomfortable even just picking this out, I suppose. Because because mm. the, you, you, you can't put a gloss on it and say it's all it's all completely above board. I mean, there, there are lots, lots of cultural elements to the story anyway that, that sit quite uncomfortably with with our contemporary understanding of things. But But... Yeah, I find that quite difficult because because actually, even if she knew he was there, and even if she had you know kind of plotted it all out in her head, she still she still can't control his responses in that in that moment. And so, so I've thought quite a lot about how it must have felt to be Ruth to to say yes to that. You know, did, did yeah. she have an internal battle about that? And Ruth doesn't do exactly what Naomi says. No. I think that's an encouragement for me in it because Naomi is putting in a, in a risky situation. And I've been reflecting this in my own family. I see it in my mother and I see it in me and the way I speak to my daughter. I often think that Fiona, and she knows this, can't do certain things. Oh, no, 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 don't do that, Fiona. I'll do it. And my mum says the same thing to me. She told me I couldn't open the front door the other day, which is ridiculous. (laughs) So it's this older woman, younger woman relationship that we may well sometimes as older women say, oh, on you go and do that. And it's not the right thing. And we uh-huh. need the younger woman to say, no, wait a minute. I know uh-huh. a better way. Uh-huh. She did also know Boaz was a man of valour. Maybe we'll come yes, to she, that. Yes, she did. And I think we'll come back to that when we, when we talk about Boaz. I think that's one of the things that, as I've kind of thought this through, I've I thought a lot about his character and what was known of his character. Still doesn't justify it, maybe, though. Still doesn't. Still makes it a very uncomfortable thing, I think. Yeah. We'll, we'll draw this episode to a close. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget, you can tune in to Where You Go, which is the audio drama we've we've um, put together alongside uh, the story of Ruth. It's a kind of replacement, I suppose, for the Edinburgh Fringe show that we would have done. Um, it's 11 parts. There are daily episodes, but obviously they're all hanging about online, so you can go and find those on your usual podcast provider but in the meantime thank you very much to neil and jen and uh, next time we'll speak about ruth the lord is still being kind we'll go back to me where you go an 11-part drama from Bible 2020 on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all your usual podcast platforms. Where You Go, a happy ever after story. Mm-hmm.